Hello and welcome to the Sports Blitz. Coming up on today's show, Drew Brees and the NFL are showing you can change your mind. We look at how the NFL is responding to the death of George Floyd. FIFA are considering a global salary cap for soccer. We discuss whether it's a good idea or not. Plus, fake names reveal teams and players. Should you wear your home kit whenever possible? And playing until 3.11 in the morning, that's all coming up on Tuesday Sports Blitz. And how are we all doing today? I hope this podcast is finding you in good health as per usual. It's been a good weekend for me. I was really cheered up by that video, if you haven't seen it yet, of James Connor, the Pittsburgh Steelers running back, giving his dad a truck and the surprise on his face and just the joy at getting this truck. It's absolutely fantastic. I'd really recommend watching it if you haven't already. And also, I finally got the book version of Moneyball. I've watched the movie a few times. Obviously, Moneyball, the story about how the Oakland A's rebuilt their side on a limited budget and still got to the playoffs and equaled the New York Yankees for longest winning streak in the American League at 20. And I finally got the book version of it. Everyone always says that the book version is always better than the film version, and I've always perceived that as sort of like a, oh, look, I read the book because I'm smart sort of thing. And so I'm going to see if, it, if, if that sort of theory holds up to the test, because I've, I've just wanted to read a book and... I, obviously, I did a lot of reading during my time at university, and so it's nice to at least partially replace it, not wholly replace it, because I used to do many, many hours of reading a week. So, But I'm 30 pages in, and it's a really good book up to now. If you are a big baseball fan, I'd really recommend picking up the book based on what I've read. And if even if you're just not even really a sports fan, I don't know what you're doing listening to a sports show, but if you are... Someone who just likes really good movies, I'd really recommend watching Moneyball. It's one of my favourite sports movies of all time. One of my favourite movies of all time, to be honest. Anyway, this podcast is dropping on June 9th, 2020. Remember that the sports splits can be found on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Breaker, TuneIn and Google Podcasts. And we have a website with great articles and other audio content which can be found at the sportsplitsblog.wordpress.com. On the website this week, we have an article introducing Sarbrooken, who, by the time you're listening to this, because this is the podcast version, you um, you will know how they did in their DFB Pokal semi-final match against Bayer Leverkusen. Obviously, I wish them all the best. I'm recording this just before they kick off, so I need to finish this quick so that I can run downstairs and watch it. Why kits should be sponsorless, why you should be able to, no matter whether your club's kit has a sponsor on it or not, why you should be able to buy the replica kit without a sponsor on it, why it's beneficial for both the club and the sponsor and, of course, for fans. As well as that, the continuation of the weekly blitz you'll hear later on. We talked about the World Bowl, the first ever one between the London Monarchs and the Barcelona Dragons, which obviously is American football overseas. It was played at Wembley back in 1991. And we talked about our favourite matches for this week, including, of course, today's game between Saarbrücken and Bayer Leverkusen, which you will already know the results of, and um, other games, Sevilla Vale Betis being a good example. And also why Timo Werner is Mookie Betts. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's why FSG's approach to Timo Werner, obviously FSG on Liverpool, is the same as how they approach Mookie Betts, because, of course, they also own the Boston Red Sox. Fenway Sports Group. Um, so yeah, lots of good stuff on the website this week, and you can read it all at sportsblitzblog.wordpress.com. The big sport countdown continues. We are two days away now from La Liga resuming, of course, on the 11th of June. The Premier League is eight days away from resuming on the 17th of June. Syria is 11 days from resuming on the 20th of June, as is the Championship. Formula 1 gets underway in 26 days on July 5th, and the NBA resumes in 51 days on July 31st. Okay, so there's a few things to go into then, otherwise, I obviously need to start. We were going to mention League 1 and League 2. We had a about 5-minute section dedicated to both of them, but we couldn't cover them in the end because after we'd finished recording, a load of stuff updated and everything changed and therefore... It was already out of date before it even aired on the radio earlier on tonight on University Radio York. I was half a second off on the ending, so I, I say good night at the end. And all you can hear is good, and then it cuts to the news. That was really annoying. But um, anyway, 
So, League 1 and League 2 have both now voted to end the season early. There was a formal vote earlier today. They both voted to end the season early. Both tables will be settled on a points-per-game basis, while promotion, relegation and the playoffs will all remain. What that means is that for League 1, Coventry and Rotherham will be going up to the Championship. Congratulations to Coventry on their League 1 win. Congratulations to Rotherham on their boing, 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 boing promotion. It feels like they've been promoted and relegated successively for like the last 25 million years at this point. Meanwhile, the controversial thing in League 1 is that Wickham will be going into the playoffs over Peterborough, so over Four playoff sides will be Oxford United, Portsmouth, Fleetwood and Wickham. Peterborough are currently in that sixth place slot, but because Wickham have played fewer games and have the exact same amount of points, they get the place on a points per game basis. Obviously, Peterborough have been complaining quite a lot about the early ending of the season and using PPG to finish the season, and this, it, this isn't going to help. Meanwhile, at the other end of the table, Tranmere have been relegated alongside Southend United and Bolton Wanderers. Commiserations to Southend and Bolton on their relegation. Tranmere have been complaining non-stop for, like, the last forever. And, therefore, I don't feel anything for them. I feel for their fans, especially if they don't agree with their stupid owners or executives, whoever it was, complaining. I'll be honest, I really don't care. I know what it's like to disagree with club hierarchy, um, put it that way. Anyway, in League 2 then, Swindon have won the league just. They finished equal points with Crew, but also had a game in hand. Crew are second and will also be going up as well as Plymouth Argyle. Congratulations to them three on their promotion to League 1 and congratulations to Swindon, the champions of League 2. Meanwhile, for the playoff picture, it'll be Cheltenham Town, Exeter City, Colchester United and Northampton Town. So, good luck to you for in the playoffs. I would like Cheltenham to go up because I watched them play once. I actually don't care. I just thought I'd say that. Meanwhile, at the bottom, it's kind of where the most interesting picture is of all of this. Because Stevenage are currently down. Based on the vote, Stevenage are currently down. They've played 36 games and got 22 points. Macclesfield have played 37 games and got 25 points. But, obviously, Stephen has still got down on points per game. However, and this is where the interesting thing comes in. Macclesfield have multiple warnings over their head. So, they were given an 11-point deduction at the start of the season for previous rule breaches with regards to finances. And then, as well as that, they also have a further misconduct charge given to them on the 1st of June. We talked about this on the Sports Splits. And a two-point penalty hangover them if they transgress again. That was a suspended point deduction from that earlier 11-point deduction. Which means it is, I'm going to say likely at the moment, but I'm not sure. There are people who are more qualified to talk about League 2 than me. But... I'm going to say it's likely at the moment that Macclesfield get another two-point deduction. Obviously, they'll push them down to 23 points. And with that, Stevenage would go ahead of Macclesfield on a points-per-game basis. It's also not known whether the National League is going to resume or not and how they're going to deal with promotion and relegation. There should still be promotion and relegation from the National League. And that's... I, I want that, obviously, because that means Barrow are going to be in the, um, in the Football League once again. And they deserve it. They absolutely deserve it. Final thing to mention then, I have to apologise for some of the background noise that you're going to hear in the podcast because I think it was Matt was recording in a, with, a, I don't know, to be honest. But there is background noise quite strongly throughout parts of this podcast and it, it, it sounded like it was recording in the middle of the motorway, to be honest, but... To be honest, I would rather have him on than not um, not have it gone for that purpose. Especially because, let's face it, barely anyone listens to these. And therefore, it's just an excuse for me to have a conversation with friends about sport. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the episode. Me, Alex Towles, Harry and Matt. Episode 31 of the Sports Splits. And joining me today on the Sports Splits, we've got a bit of a um, rotated panel, but glad to have them. Hello, Harry, Matt, and Alex Towles. Hello. Good afternoon. How's everyone been doing? I'm not a rotation what? player. I'm a regular starter. Well, yeah, you are. That's what I say. Is that, so me and Alex, the B team. Are we like? <laughs> You're not the B team. <laughs> You're the team who I who I 
you know, I, 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 look, I'm not a good manager. I'll admit it. Simply rotating the players. Yeah. Yes, you're like Gabriel Jesus. You'd make the starting eleven in any other team in the league, but at Man City, you're on the bench. Well, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a transfer to a show where I can start. It, it's <laughs> wrong. It's wrong to call us Man City. Come on. Well, we're now, look. Am I the best at load management? Absolutely not. But at the same time, shut up. <laughs> anyway, uh, a few questions I want to ask because obviously we're meant to be doing Kit Clash Day and we're not. I was watching. Well, actually, one question. I was watching um, Goal Show Retro of the weekend, and it showed Man United versus Real Madrid back in 2002-03, and Real Madrid were wearing their black away kit at Old Trafford. If a team can wear their home kit, should they wear their home kit? Uh, if it doesn't clash. Well, but if you sell something as the European or Cup kit, you got to wear it. I don't That's think it was true. though, was it? I think it was a fair away kit that year. I get I mean, having a European kit, but I don't think that was Real Madrid's European kit. I'm sure that was just their away kit. Well, no, maybe it's, it's the thing. If you get into a routine of when you go away, you're wearing black. When you're at home, you're wearing white, unless you mm. obviously yeah, aren't able to. Real right. Madrid are iconic. Anyway, let's go into our first story of the day, then, and it concerns Drew Brees. On Saturday's show, we said that actions speak louder than words, and Drew Brees had to prove that he truly meant what he said. Well... He seemingly is putting them actions into words. He sent a message over Instagram to Donald Trump talking about how st standing for the flag or refusing to stand for the flag wasn't a sign of how much you love America. He said, quote, I realise this is not an issue about the American flag. It never has been. We can no longer use the flag to turn people away or distract them from the real issues that face our black communities. So... Like we said on Saturday, we said his actions need to speak louder than his words. Are these his actions speaking louder? I guess they are now because he, he sort of, he's admitted he wasn't uh, in the right. He was slightly in the wrong or in the wrong completely. Yeah, and he's that. making action to redeem himself, which, you know, hats off. Not many people have been doing that recently. Um, yeah. He's, he's done more, I think, in acting by actually admitting he was in the wrong in the first place. I think that's the important thing on this. You know, there's a tendency maybe to distrust people who change their view on things, and actually, I think it's something we should be celebrating because if Drew Brees is changing his mind, that means that people across the country, across the world, can change their minds as well. And we should be celebrating that rather than sort of, it does he mean it? Sort of, do you know what I mean? I think it's just, it, I think it's powerful that someone is coming out and saying, "I got it wrong. This is, you know, I've learnt." Because that's what we should all be doing. Yeah, absolutely. And we had that first. And then we had the whole demand from players in the NFL for Commissioner Roger Goodell to come out and actually start saying similar things. So I asked him to read out a statement where he said, we, the NFL, were wrong and we should have done this and that and the other. And it wasn't expected that anything would come from that because Roger Goodell has no need technically to listen to the players he is he's, he's sort of like the owner's representative so he didn't really need to do anything then Donald Trump came out he said something about again kneeling for the flag is disgraceful and then suddenly we heard the words from Roger Goodell quote we the NFL admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier and encourage all to speak out and peacefully protest. We, the National Football League, believe black lives matter, end quote. It seemed to take a few of the owners off guard. They were quite surprised by it. A lot of the media were surprised by it as well. I would ask the question, are the NFL doing the right thing? I, I think the answer's obviously yes, but is this quite a surprise? Um, I guess it, it this sort of quick turnaround would take anyone by surprise given the NFL's hardline response to uh, it was one of the 49ers players uh, taking a knee Colin Kaepernick that was it. yeah taking a knee during the uh, national anthem last season um, was it last season many seasons ago I thought like it was 2016 last... now oh, was Jimmy it? Garoppolo thought... was the quarterback last season I thought it was last year not no. last okay maybe no. I was wrong um, this is why I follow other sports Mm. Um, like horse racing, evidently. Yeah, um, evidently. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but when that happened, there was a big, you know, sort of, what are you doing? You should be banned. You're disrespecting both the country, the sport, your team, everything. And now this has come out. It's a complete U-turn, um, which is great to see. 
Um, it's a shame you don't see it in other sports as well, like NASCAR. <laughs> I, I think it was actually what, what I really liked about it was reading about the process that went into it. In terms of, you know, he sat down and had a meeting with every NFL employee, a sort of what they call what was described um, in the media as a let it out session. Yeah. And, you know, it genuinely feels like he did want to sit, listen, learn, and then make this statement. And and you can see the criticism that he's getting from, I'm assuming, some owners in private and from the president of the US in public. Because, the, yeah. you know, and, and I think that, you know, it's, it's maybe difficult for us to... I think if people don't understand the protests, the sight of someone not standing for the flag can be a, an emotional thing for them. And I think, mm. you know, this thing of... I think it's important that Goodell, Breeze people across the league, across the country are learning and sort of developing their views and learning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's fair to say as well that for the NFL, the majority of the fan base are, you know, white men. I think it's safe to say that. And therefore, it's fair to say as well that a lot of the NFL's fan base is it's going to be leaning towards that more sort of approach of the national that kneeling for the national anthem is disrespectful even though it just isn't but in a league that always values just the monetary value it's just about how much money can we make out of this it it is absolutely phenomenal to see them finally taking a proper social stance because in previous years it's always just been equality is important we should respect each other and our opinion let's let's all hold hands and sing kumbaya and now finally they're actually saying something i also like the line from him that said quote protests around the country are emblematic of the centuries of silence inequality and oppression of black players coaches fans and staff I'll be reaching out to players who have raised their voices and others on how we can improve. Final question before we move on then. There is... I be, how many black coaches in the NFL now? Two? Mike Tomlin and Anthony Lynn, who, I, who come to the top of my head. Right, head coaches. You would know better than us. And obviously there's been no Colin Kaepernick in the NFL since 2016. So that led to... Carlos Hyde, the running back, saying that the if the NFL is serious, it needs to sign Colin Kaepernick back. Does the NFL need to see his team sign Colin Kaepernick, and does there need to be even more of a push to get black head coaches into the NFL? I, th- I think there are football reasons now that teams might not sign Colin Kaepernick. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna get, get too mm. deep into the debate about you know the initial thing, and I think he you know he clearly was treated unfairly for taking the stand that he did so early on, but that. From what we've heard, when there have been these talks in the past, his salary demands and combined with his age and inactivity, I would think if I was a GM, I, you know, I don't think teams should be signing people for their for that reason. But I, I think on coaches, you know, we've seen in many ways the NFL has, you know, with the Rooney Rule, with which requires you know uh, teams to interview one. Um, I think is it black or minority ethnic coach yeah. before um, before hiring. It has, you know, it made it, it's it's in a positive way compared to a lot of leagues around the world but yeah I agree that in every level whether it's the, you know the head office in the NFL or team structures GMs um, coaches we do need to see more of a proactive effort as part of this healing process that I think they're setting out yeah absolutely and before we move on then there were two other big stories in the NFL this well I say big semi-big stories in the NFL this week I want to go into. Adam Schefter reported that Dalvin Cook will no longer participate in any team-related activities with the Minnesota Vikings, of course, until and unless he receives a, quote, reasonable deal, end quote. Then further went on to say, quote, without a reasonable extension, he will not be showing up for training camp or beyond, end quote. Meanwhile, Ian Rappaport reported that Michael Thomas has partnered with RIP Medical Debt and has made a donation that will wipe out approximately $2.3 million of medical debt for economically challenged families in the greater New Orleans area. So absolutely well done to him. I find that exceptional. Anyway, let's move on. Okay, and we're going to talk now about Lewis Hamilton and Raheem Sterling, obviously both making news this week for their comments. Lewis Hamilton, first of all, calling for all racist symbols to be removed, obviously after the toppling of the statue of Edward Colston in Bristol. 
and he also went on quite a lengthy post, which I believe was against the UK government, if I was correct. I'm trying to find it on his Instagram, and I, I can't. I think he's written against the UK and the American governments. Mm. So go and look, go and find that if you can. Meanwhile, Raheem Sterling has said that there should be more BAME coaches and leaders in British football, and also said that he's not really worried about his job when he makes any comments like this. It's just what is right, which is right. Mm. So we'll start with Lewis Hamilton and he also Lewis Hamilton also made quite a pointed comment um, about people who are staying silent in Formula 1 saying something along the lines of I know you I see you so what what do we make of Lewis Hamilton's comments over the weekend Lewis's comments really were I mean the comments about uh, F1 not doing its part in calling out uh, stuff that's been going on obviously recently was due to the fact that just that came a couple of weeks ago and he's basically was saying that I'm doing all of this I'm standing up for all of this why haven't you guys posted anything official yet um, mm. to which I think every team every well every I think quite a lot of drivers already had but not many teams and F1 itself hadn't done anything yet and very quickly they all did um, I think the point being is F1 is for for English um, and European listeners, it's different. It's very much more in the style of American sports, where the whole franchise is owned by a private individual or company. Um, currently, F1 is owned by Liberty Media. Before, it was owned by Bernie Eccleston. And this means that it can take um, more of like a stance in its own way. Um, and it doesn't have to be more, you know, more accountable to... Um, governments or anything for instance the fa in their posts supporting black lives matter have been more about inclusivity on the pitch um and how uh, multiculturalism is just exactly what football is all all stands for um and i think f1 just just obviously just took a bit longer than lewis hoped so he did call them out justifiably um mm. they've now come out and said oh yeah obviously we support you lewis um and we are we are trying our best to uh, make Formula One a more inclusive sport in the future, um, which it just hasn't been in the past. Yeah. So what I find interesting about that, Tommy, is that we've seen Liberty Media have taken a stance on this, obviously because they own the Atlanta Braves, and they've been doing more than their fair share against racism, saying we have seen and heard the pain and frustration. It's not easy to come up with the right words. We have listened to our fans, our alumni, our players and coaches, our front office, our local leaders. As a team that moved into the heart of the civil rights movement in 1966, we saw firsthand our legend endure discrimination and racism as he chased home run record enough and carried on like that. So how come the Atlanta Braves can say it, but Formula One can't? I, I honestly don't know. Um, I think they have said it. I, we can criticise for days how long they took to say it, but they have said it. Um, and it is quite clear that there is support for what Lewis has said. The only problem that I have is you can say so much, what is Formula One going to be doing to make it a more inclusive sport in the future? Mm. And that starts at ground roots level. And unlike sports like football, American football, baseball, Formula One's feeder series are differently owned, privately owned series. They have to find a way of opening up karting to a wider audience before they can, you know, make Formula One it. Um, just simply because that is where everyone breaks through from. So I just could I go on. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to jump on this point. I think, you know, to me, when the F1 community is coming out and criticizing violence from states and uh, this profession and but f1 has allowed itself to be used for years and years and years to whitewash the atrocious records of regimes like the bahrain it, uh, allowed itself to be used as a promotional tool for repressive government in azerbaijan the idea that now you know because, because it's sort of i i don't to me it, it doesn't make sense to me right i don't understand why they feel comfortable that you know they can call out a guy in the u.s but they're going to allow themselves to be used as part of used abused by regimes that have atrocious human rights records but they won't do anything about it because it makes them a load of money yeah that's oh, a very good point equally uh, I mean Formula E's done the same with a Saudi Arabian E-Pri yeah. um, but yeah unfortunately Formula 1 does have uh, 
some sort of weight carried on it, but it's meant to sort of sort of turn a blind eye, I guess, to the likes of some countries on their their uh, their calendar. Um, and I think maybe that could be part of it. But at the same time, they have to take a stand now. They've been called out by who will be the most successful driver in the sport's history. So uh, that's quite a statement. He hasn't even overtaken Schumacher yet, but I think he will. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So they have to do something about it. And we'll move on to Raheem Sterling then, who has called for more BAME coaches to be involved in hiring processes and obviously have better representation in the game itself. I mean, I I struggle to name many BAME coaches in England. I, I know Darren Moore's at Doncaster Rovers. There's probably a few more who I'm. Who I West can't Brom's think of. manager. Um, Do you mean Darren Moore? No, it's not. Slavan oh, Bilic. Yes. It's not. Ben. Chris Hewton, sorry. West Brom? I thought he went to West Brom. Did he go to Stoke? Slavan Bilic. No. Where did Chris Hewton end up after he got sacked? Nowhere. Oh, did he not get. I thought he I'm got. Almost certainly he's signed a job currently. I've oh, not dear. seen him. Yeah, he doesn't um, have a job at the moment. Yeah, yeah uh, Nuno from Wolves. Mm. But there's, yeah, there's not enough. No so, enough. what should the Football Association be doing to fix this, then? That's a million dollar question, isn't it? They need a Rooney rule to start with. Yeah, well, we need a better Rooney rule because the NFL are already looking at upgrading the Rooney rule. Well, yeah, but I mean, at least the NFL had one to start with. I mean, mm. yeah, th- th- this idea that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. The, the, you know, the. The diversity within football is not reflected in the diversity with the, with coaching and managers, um, and at a board level, of course. You know that we need to see more proactive steps bec- rather than just statements. Yeah. Um, there's a Quora thing actually, because this is weird. Someone put on the website Quora. Um, is there a why are there so so few black goalkeepers in professional soccer? And I think this is relevant because the answer was basically that there's no role models um which leads to basically unintended racism when people where people look for a certain kind of player or a certain kind of manager and they don't see black people as that kind of player or that kind of manager and that's the problem that I think we need to address and it's a much harder one to address does that make sense? So like yeah. you've got the, you've got the, like a, a, like a black midfielder for example is always powerful, always strong, always quick, but never technical, never great on the ball, never passing. You got players like Vieira, got players like Paul Pogba, but no one's really talking about the black equivalent to Andrea Perlo, and that's mm. where a lot of the issue is. When people look for great managers, they actually, don't look for black people. Calvin Phillips, Yorkshire Pirlo. Yeah, but I think I think, but I think that the, the wider point is, you know, is really important in terms of because of a historic discrimination, racism for whatever reason, people get pigeonholed into certain roles almost yeah. subconsciously because that's what you know. So I think yeah. I just think it's the same at the management level. I think you're absolutely right. Like if there's yeah. not a manager to sort of, if there's not someone you think I can be like them, that could be me one day then it's actually much more difficult to get into the role. I think Alex is completely right. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll be honest, just going back to the Pittsburgh mm. Steelers, who I referenced jokingly earlier on, obviously I started following the team in about 2010-2011, and therefore it was just normal that there was a black manager. It was just Alex. a head coach. It was just, it was just mm. normal. And then the, the level of shock I had when it, when it dawned on me just how uncommon that is in the NFL was mm. mind-boggling. Anyway, let's move on. Okay, and let's keep on the theme of football then, whilst going into less awful areas, but maybe more awful, depending on your view on salary caps. Um, FIFA president Gianni Infantino has admitted that salary caps may be necessary to restructure football's finances in the wake of the coronavirus. So, obviously, we see salary caps in, I was going to say MLB then, which is the only sport that doesn't have a salary cap in America, quite famously. We see the salary cap in the NHL and the NBA and the NFL. And I've always been a big supporter of them. They're absolutely brilliant and they um, level out the playing field, ensure better competition. Do 
do we think a it's necessary and b would we like to see a a worldwide because obviously if it's fifa it would be a worldwide salary cap introduced i think it's a brilliant idea the only reason why i see it won't work is uh exhibit a saracens rugby club i mean they, 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 they didn't quite get away. it's not yeah. like they got away with it exactly <laughs> Very famously, no. Savinsons didn't get away with it. He is, um, frankly, where would you set the salary cap? At especially, the- especially internationally. That's what's yeah. strange to me. You couldn't. I don't think you could set a dollar number and say this is the salary cap for every, every club around the world. Because oh no, it'd be based on. I'm guessing it'd be based on the reputation of the leagues. So you'd have tier one leagues, which will be able to spend X amount. Then tier two leagues, I'll be able to spend less. Tier three, less. Tier four, less. But but my 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 I understand the competitiveness of it, and like you, I really enjoy it in the NFL, and I think it does bring the league close together. But I'm always it feels like something that would be very good for owners in terms of they don't have to pay as much to players, but the income that they get won't change. Yeah, the thing that I like about football is that actually a, a, a significant amount of the money that comes in goes to the players that are the reason it comes in. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, if there was a salary cap and suddenly you have all these... Uh, maybe I'm being too optimistic here, but you'll have all these owners then with extra revenue. Do they decide you'd, they don't need to charge as much for season tickets? It's more expensive to go to an NFL sit game to, than, to, than to a Premier League one. Yeah, but that's because it's all on the secondary market, isn't it? It's all Frank, through... Um, mm-hmm. what, what but, that, that's Ticket what I mean, but, what, but why would it change then? Like, do, you, do you see what I mean? Like, They're I don't, not going to start don't, selling mm-hmm. tickets through Ticketmaster, are they? Frankly, well, I, I you never know. But yeah, in, in my West Ham do. West Ham do. Yeah. In my opinion, having a salary cap is possibly taking aim at the wrong cog in the wheel. I think possibly the best thing that um, FIFA could do is put a cap on agent fees because that's mm. the thing that's really ballooned recently and really has become not good. Yeah. That's fair, but at the same time, obviously it's not Gianni Infantino's aim. His aim is to reduce finances, and that's probably the most effective way. But is it fair to say that the salary cap would lead, if in the ideal world where it works, would lead to better football? Because I think it would. I think it put less pressure on money in the game, um, which would be nice, but... The problem is with football is it's a never-ending way of finding loopholes in getting more money at times. You know, we've seen what Man City have been doing or what other teams, uh, you know, have been doing just to get round financial fair play and any financial regulation just to have an advantage over each other. Having, you know, a wage cap, a load of teams would abide by it, but you can guarantee that there's going to be some club that tries to do a Saracens or just finds a little loophole which means they are more appealing to the better players who want more money and therefore they you know through money reasons alone will have a better team and a better chance of winning everything than anyone else um i, d- I just wanted to make a quick point on because obviously actually when johnny was talking about the salary cap he was talking about it as one of multiple proposals one of which was was a transfer fee cap and i, I just want to talk like i think that might do what i think financial fair play has done to an extent which is sort of Bring up the drawbridge for clubs that are smaller, trying to grow. You know, no, I. Yeah. You know, Man City have already got their money, and they're now sustainable, well, relatively sustainable, so they'll be fine, right? But then a club like if a Newcastle wants to do a Man City, not going to be able to with finance fair play, and then you, if everyone is bidding the same amount for a player, then it means that players will go, will keep going to the bigger clubs. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you so I think. It's important, like obviously, you know, salary cap's one of these ideas, and I think I'm less against that than I am a sort of transfer fee cap. But I still, it's still about how it's implemented. And it's still about where the money goes that comes yeah. from it. To, for me, and obviously, it's easier for the NFL and NHL to referee the salary cap because there is one league. There are thirty or thirty-two teams. That's it. Whereas if FIFA were trying to run a salary cap, there would be hundreds of leagues and thousands of teams and tens of thousands of players that would fall under it. It would be much harder. We'll keep on the theme of transfers then. And it's been revealed that the FA are discussing proposals to move some of the transfer windows so that it will start in August and end in October. Obviously, it's meant to start in July and end in September at the moment. But they're hoping to push that back, obviously, because the season will still be taking place in July. And... 
not ideal, to be honest. So it, it's this a good move? It'd be a sensible move. Um, the thing is, though, with how transfers are working these days is that despite the transfer win- window being when it is, teams are still just buying players outside of a transfer window with an agreement to just move to the club. Then the transfer window... Yeah, but they don't go not- at that time. No. That's the, the problem. Win- the transfer window is simply when players can be registered to a, cl- to a new club within. So... I have absolutely no problem with them moving it. It's people are still going to be buying players now. I mean, look at Chelsea. But I think there are lots of there are smaller clubs that do do most of their business in a sort of reactive way once the window is open. Yeah. You know, so I think that the windows does have an impact on a lot of clubs. And I, and I think actually the point, you know, this is probably the only decision they could have taken. I remember earlier in the year they sort of took the decision to move it back to partway through the season, like well, sorry, a few weeks into the season, the transfer window would be closing rather than what we saw this year with the transfer window closing in uh, mid-August. I think, so, you know, if this signals a sort of mid-September, early October start, then, I mean, it's, it's it's what they had to do. It makes sense. I'm also interested to see how they shorten the season for next year, but, you know, I, I, there's nothing else they could have done, really, with the transfer window. The thing I'm worried about with them shortening the season is that players are already playing too much and getting tired and getting injuries. So, have, like, imagine the impact on taking the already packed schedule and trying to yeah. squeeze it into well, even less time. Aren't they talking about removing the FA Cup and League Cup for next season? I think it's just the League Cup that they've got. Oh, it's just the League Cup. They, the League, they, they just wouldn't have a League Cup next year, yeah. yeah? Yeah, they wouldn't get rid of the FA Cup because there would literally be a riot from every club yeah. beneath the championship. Any bet Saab can make the semi-finals of the FA Cup next year? Okay, that's probably not going to happen. But... <laughs> Okay, and so we'll quickly touch upon the Bundesliga games that happened this weekend, because obviously this is the last week of Bundesliga-only football. We've got Spain back on Thursday. Woo! And Italy. Italy's back as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, good point. Uh, but anyway, we'll start on Friday then. Freiburg won, Borussia Mönchengladbach nil. I would say it's somewhat surprising. Borussia Mönchengladbach obviously didn't really show up for this game. Alessand Player getting a very stupid red card. Uh, Niels Peterson doing what Niels Peterson does best and heading it in. And just an all-round really good performance from Freiburg. Yeah, I mean, Freiburg are, or were, I think, they're mid-table, 10th, 11th, weren't they? Something like that. Um, at, before this no, game. No, no, they were pushing in the upper echelon, so I think they were 8th. Okay, well, not too um, bad. Uh, they are 8th. They're 8th yeah. um, on 41 points, 2 points behind Hoffenheim in 7th, and 3 points above Hertha Berlin in ninth. Only 4 okay. points behind Wolfsburg, so it's not entirely impossible for them to still make the European places. And with the yeah. way some of their players have been playing this year, they really deserve it. Obviously, Robin Koch being one of the main guys, and Niels Peterson, also fantastic. I think just uh, it's, it's just a shame, obviously, that Gladbach haven't really shown up as we thought they might hmm. since the Bundesliga return. They've been a bit yeah, absolutely. hot and cold. Um, so disappointing because I think, unfortunately, I've actually found the Bundesliga being a bit anticlimactic. Hmm. I mean, on, do please. we think they're still going to get into the Champions League? Gladbach? Um, yeah. Is it four places from the Bundesliga? Yeah, they're level on points with Bayer Leverkusen, who are in fifth. Okay, so they're both four fifth, are they? Yeah. Ooh, that could be close, actually, because Leverkusen have been good. Yeah. I'm going to give it to Leverkusen. I'm going to get it. I've got to say, Nicholas Hoffler, I think that's how you say his name, very disappointing, and I'm not just bitter about that because he's in my fantasy team. Okay, that is why I'm bitter about that. A few other key games on Saturday, then. Bayer Leverkusen 2, Bayern Munich 4. It looked like Bayer Leverkusen could probably do something early on. But no, n- never, never get mm. Bayern Munich mad because mm. this happens. I mean, Can if I... there's... Oh, go on. Uh, I'm just going to say that it's since 2012, we've seen that it's been really difficult for teams to be really good and also boring. This Bayern Munich team, you really want to hate them, but they're just so fun. They're, they're really, really good. Fun, they're absolutely it's kind fantastic. of sad. I still hate them, for the yeah. record. Yeah. Maybe like, half because of mm. how they're doing currently, maybe mm. half because of 1975. It's, like, mm. it's getting harder to hate Bayern just because they're fun to watch. And I'll tell you what, it's really hard to hate, but at the same time, Florian Vert, the 17-year-old who came on and scored quite a good goal against mm. that vaunted Bayern defence. I mean, what do we expect from him? Because suddenly all of the interest in the mm. universe has come on to him. 
Um, I think we probably shouldn't put too much pressure on someone two years younger than us. Yeah, well, like, hmm, us, was it? four hmm. years younger than me. Hmm. I feel old, help. <laughs> I, I said to my dad, we were watching the game together, and oh my god, he's 17. He's 17. Help, 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 <laughs> help. <laughs> uh, probably one of the games of the, of the day for me was Fortuna Dusseldorf 2, Hoffenheim 2. Rowan Hennings getting two goals for Dusseldorf. The goals for Hoffenheim coming from Zuber and someone else, probably. Oh, Deber. I mean, this probably shouldn't have happened. Do we think, considering that... Hoffenheim played 81 minutes of this game, plus all of the added time, with 10 men. Do we think Dusseldorf really had to win this? Yeah. I mean, as a Bremen fan, I'm not complaining. Well, yeah, yeah obviously you're not. <laughs> I mean, neither am I, bearing in mind that I think Bremen have a chance of staying up as well. As well as that, 65% possession... 23 attempts on goal, 4 shots on target. It really feels like watching Leeds all over again. <laughs> Which is weird, because Uwe Rossel, of course, was the manager of Leeds back in 2015. And, mm. no, we didn't play that well, actually. <laughs> so, so that's but... not true. And, of course, Mainz got the win 2-0 away at Eintracht Frankfurt, which means Dusseldorf are now 3 points away from 15 pla- 15th place Mainz with 4 games to go. I guess the other interesting game that happened on Saturday, Rassenburg Sport Leipzig won, Paderborn won, Upper Campo getting sent off for mm. RB Leipzig, yeah. and then Paderborn, who I just love, I adore them so much, Christian Strodijk getting the goal in the 92nd minute for them. Really good goal, actually. It really was, like, yeah. Because mm. like, it was a really bad mistake by the defender, if I, if I remember rightly, and it was essentially an open goal. But like from where he was... Like to hit the top, hit the target and get it, and I think the top corner was still pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we'll talk about it for you two then. Werder Bremen nil, Wolfsburg one on Sunday. The only goal mm. of the game coming from Veghorst, as we mentioned. How do you say his first name? I still have no Voot. idea. Voot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was. I, I was sad because uh, Bremen lost, and I am a Bremen, Bremen fan. But then I realised that it was everyone's favourite six foot six tall Bundesliga striker, Vuk Vegos, who scored the winner. And now, now I'm slightly less sad. Every cloud has a silver lining. Who was not in my fantasy team because I didn't put him in my fantasy team. To be honest, a few players really did not show up. Christ, Christopher and Kunku got a point. <laughs> a point. A point, a singular point. And what's worse is that I made him my star player, which means you get 1.5 times as many points. And that meant I got two points off him in the end. Whereas Robin Andrich got nine points and I could have used him instead. I'll be honest, the weirdest thing was, obviously, Schalke drawing with um, Union Berlin at the, on Sunday as well. And John Joe Kenny is in my fancy side. And John Joe Kenny scored a screamer. And John Joe Kenny got a load of points to me. And yet I was still really upset about it. I was like, why did you do that? Also, thank you. Right. I mean, Schalke, let's, we, can, we can mention, that's a good result for Schalke, given how rubbish they've been recently. They were outplayed completely. They were absolutely... It could have been 4-0 midway through the first half. And, you know, it was it was really good, because obviously we know Union to play a very defensive um, style of game normally. But they really came out, they really hit Schalke hard, and they, they should have really got more for it, but... They just couldn't make it count when it mattered most. And, yeah, they'll get a point. If they'd got a win, they would have been safe in my eyes. They still probably need that one win more, and then they'll be safe. But for the time being, four points clear of Fortuna Dusseldorf with four games to go. Um, the other games that we didn't go through then, Dortmund won Hertha Berlin nil. The only goal of the game coming from Emre Chan. And then on Sunday, we also saw... Um, Augsburg draw one all with SC Cologne. The only thing I want to mention, obviously, Philippe Max getting them 35 points for me on Fancy Bundesliga. By far my best player. On a week that was ended up being quite disappointing, I still ended up having my best week so far out of the two. Mostly because mm. Philippe Max was absolutely incredible. Mm. I celebrated him scoring like a Leeds goal. Philippe Max is good at football. Um, Borussia Dortmund laboured to get past Hertha. In their performance like, was much harder poor. than 
Like, yeah, they like it was harder for them to get past her so than I think any of us predicted it being. Like, we thought they were going to blow them away in a similar way to Bayern with Bayer. But, eh. We'll, we'll t- quickly touch on the Spy Bundesliga as well, just because I want to mention that Bochum beat St. Pauli 2-0. It's the third game in a row in which St. Pauli have conceded a penalty, and it made my heart bleed. And also, if you want to watch arguably what was the best game of the week, then go back to yesterday's five Bundesliga game between Hamburg and Holstein Kiel. The game finishing 3 all. Some really good goals in there. A bit of VAR controversy. And, of course, Lee Jae-sung scoring in the 93rd minute to break Hamburg hearts. And it's not exactly great for them because it means that with four games to go in this five Bundesliga, Hamburg are now two points behind second place Stuttgart, which is, of course, the final automatic promotion place. So that's great for them. I feel so sorry for them. I don't. Okay, we're going to move on to our feature now. And whilst looking for a feature, I came across a guy called James Reynolds. And James Reynolds is an artist. And during his time at university, some maybe 13 years ago, he played a lot of pre-evolution soccer. And obviously back in them days, pre-evolution soccer had unlicensed names and teams. And so he's decided to set up unlicensed FC which sells posters with old football shirts depicting fake names on them back based off who the um, players were on these games so today's feature I'm going to read out some fake names for players and clubs who are real and you've got to guess who they are the unlicensed version of so I'm going to start with the easiest one it's one that appeared on Pre-Evolution Soccer back in the day, and it's Backham. Who's Backham? Oh, David Beckham. David Beckham is correct. <laughs> uh, some, of, some of these are absolutely fantastic. We're going to go on to the next one, then. Which team were Dublin? This one's hard. Hmm. Is it an actual Irish team? No, it's not. It's an English team. Oh, Liverpool. Why Liverpool out of interest? Massive Irish population in Liverpool. You're wrong, but reasonable thinking. It had to do with the man Dublin. Dion Dublin. Arsenal. Dion, close, this was Pez 2. <laughs> okay, do you want me to just give you the answer? Yeah, I yeah. think that would help. Aston Villa. <laughs> Dublin. Because Dion Dublin played for Aston Villa that time. Probably, maybe the hardest one of all of them. Number nine. That's a player. Oh. So someone who is had that just his name? Yeah, it was what football manager called him. So there's someone who was famous no, as Brazilian having a number Ronaldo. nine. Yeah. yeah. Brazilian yeah. Ronaldo. Brazilian Ronaldo is correct in FIFA 2002 and it says Football Manager 2002 which I'm going to assume means Championship Manager 2002 because Football Manager didn't become Football Manager until 2005. He was called number nine. <laughs> yeah, the R9. The other one for um, Ronaldo, uh, the number nine Ronaldo is Ronovid, Ronovid, which was on Revolution Soccer. Why? Next one, Zebra. Zidane. No, this is a player. No, club, sorry. Um, oh, uh, Juventus. Juventus is correct. It's the current oh, name yeah. on Football Manager. It's Bonus it's points it's for... It's actually a rugby club. Rugby, yeah. An Italian yeah. rugby club. Yeah. Bonus points if you know what they're called on FIFA this year. Pierre Montecalcio. Pierre yeah. How did I know you'd get it? Because I play FIFA all the time. All of the time? How I many games... FIFA right now. How many games do you think you've played on this season, on this year's FIFA? Not many. Uh, too many. Too no. many. Um, for context, in the career mode that I've been playing, um, basic that I started, I, I started a career mode on FIFA 20 when I got back from university on the 17th of March. I'm still playing it today. I'm in the eighth season of that career. Right. We'll move on <laughs> to the next one then. Naldo Rino. Naldo. What? Ron- uh. Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho, yeah. Ronaldinho. Why? I don't know. I always remember I used to get really annoyed with these names. Like when when I'd see them on like PES 6, which is Mm. probably the first football game I really played quite a lot of. Um, Another player, Shereng. Schmeichel. 
No, but you've, you've got the right club. Skulls. No. Um, I, I, I'll is... be honest, I have deliberately kind of mispronounced it. It's S-H-E-R-E-N-G. Shereng. No idea. You want to add another three letters to the end? Sharing to, Teddy Sharing to, Oh. Sharing. Close enough. Teddy Sharing. Yeah. Sorry. Soul score <laughs> is teammate. Soul nice. Soul score nice. Yes. Recordmeister is not a team. Bayern? Bayern Munich is correct. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep going for a few more because I've just found a massive trove of them. Lake District. Oh, Carlisle. I know this one. No. no. Leicester? It, no, it'd be a bit interesting if Carlisle won a Pez game. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> it wouldn't be... Would it be someone who's actually in Lancaster? Leeds. No. <laughs> to be honest, if any of you get this, I will be stunned. Because when you think of a team, you do not think of a Lake District. I think I've heard this, which is why it's annoying me that I can't get it. I'll give you a clue. Mm -hmm. They play in London. Oh, Ooh. excellent. Um, Chelsea. No. Something is, is it us? Is it West Ham? It's West Ham United! <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? I've no idea why it would be. I'm just thinking of London teams. <laughs> They've obviously um, since been renamed to East London, which is what I best mm. remember them as. Yeah. Lake, mm. Lake District. I don't That makes no sense. Aragon. Which is a team which sounds more like a team from um, Harry Potter. from like yeah something like Game of Thrones well, Ara or something. Aragorn, Aragorn was the um, was the big spider in Harry Potter. Apparently, remember that? Not a clue. I remember that. This was on Pez Two. Back when Chelsea. names apparently didn't make any sense. No, no, but Aragorn right is that? Yeah, 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 I know. It's like I'm thinking. Is right, it another London up. club? No, it's Red. So club. what? Man United and Red. Man club. United, Aragorn. Oh, Aragon. Arrogant. Arrogant, yeah, that makes sense. Aragon <laughs> with Soul Score and Shevig. Or Shereng, sorry, wasn't it? Shereng, yeah. Shereng. <laughs> we'll go for a few more. Let's start with Museum Clean, another team. Pardon? Museum Muse Clean. <laughs> MK Dons. No, why would it be that? Museum <laughs> Clean. clean. Is it spelled with a K or a C? Um, country, please. P. Holland. Uh, Ajax. Ajax is correct, yes. And finally, probably the easiest one then, the Potter is. Stoke. Stoke, Stoke absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to find more funny names, but this article doesn't have any more funny names. Still, if you want to, if you want to buy any of the, of the fake names from unlicensed FC, go to unlicensed.fc. They're on Instagram, and they've not paid me to say this. But if you want to pay me, then my bank account details are Mastercard Fort. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a few more names then, and I want to start with Dill Mints, which sounds like the worst product you've ever heard. D U R L Mint. Oh, is, is it player, player, or player or club? Player. Hmm. Country. They're hmm. from Scotland, but are best known for playing for an English team. Ooh. Not Snodgrass, is it? No. No. Um, it's a bit early. For this him, is it? from one of the earliest Pez and I, and I think he was a legend because he didn't. Well, he, he definitely was a legend. He stopped playing in the 1990s. Well, Robert, fact, Robert, no, Snodgrass is, Robert Snodgrass is a legend. I don't know what you're I talking about. I, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I fully agree with that for the record. <laughs> I loved him. Bring him back to Ellen Road. Yes. Um. He played for Liverpool. Dolmints. Oh, there, there is a. Scottish striker was Oh, Kenny Dogleash. Kenny Dogleash. Yeah. Snake Derrick. <laughs> Snake Derrick. It's a bit mean is to Derrick, isn't it? Is Snake his first name? Snake is his first name. Derrick is his last name. <laughs> SD, the initials are correct. He's a midfielder. Oh, wow. Stephen Derrard. Oh, so <laughs> close with Stephen. <laughs> Stephen Davis. Stephen Davis is correct. Oh, what was? <laughs> oh no, no, is no. Is that no, actually no. correct? Yes, Stephen the Davis is correct. Southampton midfielder. 
Yes. Wow. That was out that was out of nowhere. Okay, and let's move on to news in brief and then Harry starts. The NBA are reportedly thinking of using 2K game noise for broadcasts. Many leagues around the world have been using fake noise in broadcasts, including the Bundesliga and the NRL. Players and coaches in the Bundesliga this week took a knee before kickoff to commemorate the death of George Floyd. Furthermore, Bayern Munich players wore Black Lives Matter armbands during their game against Bayer Leverkusen. Michael Jordan says he will donate $100 million to groups fighting for racial equality and social justice. Jordan is one of the many athletes around the world protesting the death of George Floyd. And the revamped schedule for the NBA puts the 2020 NBA draft on the same night as the Chiefs versus Bills football game and the second presidential debate. Perfect timing. That comes courtesy of Pro Football Talk. Eight Premier League teams are in talks to put cardboard fans inside their stadium. Brighton have been confirmed as one of these clubs, following in the footsteps of Borussia Mönchengladbach and others. ESPN. Oh, sorry, sorry, I'm going to have to interrupt. I can't wait to see a fan get decapitated by a rosehead shot. Oh, West, West Ham are having them. Oh, I, 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 got, I got an email today as a, like, a season ticket holder. Oh, brilliant. I think Leeds <laughs> having them as well if you're a season ticket holder. ESPN's Tim Kirstjian believes more than ever that the 2020 MLB season will be cancelled as owners and players are struggling to reach a solution. MLB and the Players Union are still to reach an agreement on how many games will be in the regular season as well as how much the players will get paid, arguably the two most important things. Lisbon will host all remaining Champions League games. Lisbon was notably the host city for the 2014 Champions League final. It will be done in a format similar to the World Cup. And as I am the horse racing specialist, as we yeah, found absolutely. out on Saturday, the 1,000 guineas was ran this weekend at Newmarket with Aidan O'Brien's love winning the race. It's O'Brien's fourth win of the race in the last five years. It really does show that all he needs is love. Hey. 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 Aberdeen FC have launched an app to help supporters with their mental health. The app called Thrive is an attempt by the club to engage with the community in the city and beyond during the lockdown. Jurgen Klopp says Liverpool could hold a Premier League title parade midway through next season, if it is when coronavirus restrictions on mass gatherings are eased. Football league clubs could face the threat of legal action from season ticket holders if they fail to offer a refund for the remainder of the 2019-20 season, which is due to be completed behind closed doors. And in transfer news, Manchester United have reportedly had an £89 million bid for Ansu Fati turned down by Barcelona. He's been the latest star youngster to turn out for the club, appearing 16 times this season and scoring four. Manchester City may start a bidding war with Chelsea over Leicester left-back Ben Chilwell. Chilwell is in high demand after impressive performances for the Foxes. Man City's bid may be hampered by whether the side are allowed to compete in the Champions League next season. Major League Baseball have claimed umpire Angel Hernandez eavesdropped last July on a league investigative call, looking into why a game between the Boston Red Sox and Tampa Bay Rays was delayed 14 minutes of confusion about the rules. It's unknown whether there'll be any action taken against the umpire. And finally, the US Football Federation are reviewing a rule that forces players to stand for the national anthem. The rule came in in 2017 when Megan Rapinoe decided to take a knee before a game. And let's go on to On This Day Van And in 1914, Onus Wagner becomes the second player in MLB to get 3,000 hits. In 1963, the first ever Sunday night baseball game is played, with the San Francisco Giants losing to the Houston Colts 3-0. And in 1979, the Philadelphia Phillies wore a burgundy uniform for the first time. I'm going to guess it didn't go down too well, as it was also the last time. And in 1980, the Philadelphia Phillies again and the San Francisco Giants finished their game at 3.11. A.M.? A.M. It wouldn't be notable if it was P.M., would it? No. No, it wouldn't. They finished well. at 3.11 A.M. Weird in 1985, in the 39th NBA Finals, the L.A. Lakers have beat the Boston Celtics four games to two for their ninth NBA title and third in five years. I've got to say, I've been so used on previous on this days to writing the Boston Celtics one that I just started writing the Boston Celtics one at first and then realised I'd made a mistake. <laughs> I was writing it down, I was like, I'm sure that wasn't the outcome of the 85 fact. And then I looked back at the screen and I was like, Lakers win. I was like, yep, that team's more right. In 
1991, in the first ever World Bowl, the London Monarchs beat the Barcelona Dragons 21-0 for their only win of the competition. And if you want to read more about that, then read the weekly blitz on the sportsblitzblog.wordpress.com. In 1993, in the Stanley Cup final, the Montreal Canadiens beat the Los Angeles Kings four games to one with a 4-1 win. It's the Canadiens' 24th Stanley Cup, whilst the Kings would have to wait until 2012 for their first. In 2001, in the Stanley Cup final, the Colorado Avalanche beat the reigning champion New Jersey Devils four games to three to win their second title. In 2003, in the Stanley Cup final, the New Jersey Devils beat the mighty Ducks of Anaheim four games to three. I could talk about the New Jersey Devils and their dominance in the early 2000s, but I really want to talk about why we can't bring back the mighty Ducks. I don't care that they're not owned by Disney anymore. The Anaheim Ducks is just not as good. Bring back the mighty Ducks. In 2010, in the Stanley Cup final, the Chicago Blackhawks beat the Philadelphia Flyers four games to two, their fourth Stanley Cup win, which started a run of three wins in six seasons. And in 2019, the Canadian Grand Prix is held. This Grand Prix was particularly controversial due to Lewis Hamilton's win after Sebastian Vettel was given a five-second penalty following him leaving the track and coming on in a dangerous manner. Quite famously, Vettel moved number two and number one positions in the paddock round to make it look funny and we all laughed and yeah i don't think he was doing it as a joke no he wasn't <laughs> he no was he really wasn't he actually he actually got to, he had to be physically dragged from the motorhome to the podium because um you get a fine and disqualification if you don't turn up to the podium after yeah. making it onto the podium and that is all the time we have on the Sports Blitz today. Thank you for listening. My thanks go to Alex Towles, Harry and Matt. The intro and end music for the Sports Blitz was provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. We're back with another podcast edition of the show on Saturday at 5am. Until then, I've been Alex Woodward and don't just have a good week. Like the best play in NFL history, have an immaculate one. Goodbye. <laughs>